Welcome to the Chronic Spoonful Podcast, where we discuss real life with real chronic illness. Each week, we'll cover an aspect of real life spoony living and what that can mean for different chronic illnesses. We hope this will be a place you can go for updated spoony info and where you'll find humor because, you know, we're a little crazy, important information, and community. As a disclaimer, we just want to remind you that, yes, we'll be talking about chronic illness and health information, but we are not your doctor. Everyone's chronic illness is different, and we are absolutely not MDs, so we are not qualified to give you medical advice. We're going to tell you unequivocally to discuss anything we talk about on this podcast with your doctor. So now that we've gone through all our fun disclaimers, let's talk about what's new and noteworthy this week. As we do every week, we hope you had a good week. And we'd love for you to share it with us. So tell us how your week's been going in the comments or on our Facebook page or any of our social media. We love sharing and we love hearing from you guys. So share away, share away people. Tell us how it's going. Um, Doesn't have to be positive. Just tell us how it's going. We want to hear. Um, But if it's positive, we also want to hear that. Okay. Anyway. Uh, let's talk about our favorite topic of every week, <laughs> COVID. COVID. Uh, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine was approved for use again. Uh, it, it basically it's, you know, it, we, we've talked about this before it's affecting such a tiny percentage or the negative effect is such a, affecting such a tiny percentage of people who've gotten the vaccine. It's really, really small. Um, you know, these blood clots women are more likely to get these blood clots if they're taking birth control than they are from getting the vaccine. And I mean, by a significant percentage, you know, they, they approved it for use again. Um, I think people just need to be careful and be aware of like symptoms. And if they start to feel weird, they need to go to the emergency room right away. Um, you know, I was telling Nicole earlier, I find it fascinating that, you know, it's, we've only seen this happening in women it's very intriguing to me. So I think it's worth studying and figuring out what this trigger is for these blood clots, but it's happening. It's such a minimal, tiny, itty bitty percentage. Oh yeah. It's so infrequent that it's, it's not worth holding back the Johnson and Johnson Mm -mm, vaccine. Not at all. When, when it's going to help millions of people. So, and I think that's kind of what the FDA felt and everybody felt that it's just, it's, I mean, I think now there's like 20 women total out of like what 7 million people that got this vaccine or something. It's ridiculously small. And we don't know what was going on with their health or, you know, what, what's going on in their body. You can never, I mean, you look at the number of people who die from Tylenol and, you know, birth control or have problems too, from birth control, get blood clots from just birth control um, monthly. I mean, it's, it's much larger numbers. So, I mean, I really don't, I don't really don't find this to be a, a huge concern at all. I really don't. I, don't, I would have I, no problem getting it. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't either. So I think what people just need to be aware of is like what the symptoms are for a blood mm-hmm. clot. And early you can Google that. And, and just get to, you know, if they're, if they're having any of these symptoms to really get to a hospital immediately. Um, I think part of it was the people that, you know, were severely affected, just didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and I feel terrible for them. So I'm not trying to minimize what had happened to them. It's awful. And anyone who is in those situations, it's terrible and, and everything, but I don't think we need to 
take the Johnson and Johnson vaccine off the market. I think it needs to go out there and I need it. I think it's helping too many people who aren't having these symptoms. Um, Cause I do think that the long-term effects of COVID just getting COVID. I mean, those, those long-term effects really scare me. Yeah. For people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we're, we're just, and I think Nicole and I talk about this every week. It's like, you can talk all the time about people dying from COVID, but that's only one thing that happens. People who get COVID have these long hauler effects and they're horrible um, and they don't know that you don't know about them. You get this like minor COVID and you think you recover. And then six months later, all of a sudden you have this neurological symptom or this breathing, you know, symptom that, that they tie it back to you having COVID six months earlier. It, it's really difficult. So I think, I think getting this on, back out there and getting people vaccinated is, is a priority. I do think so too. It's extremely important. And, and especially for our, our community, you know, with so many people having autoimmune diseases mm-hmm. and being immunocompromised mm-hmm. and even people, you know, like me, we're, I'm not immunocompromised, but I don't know what COVID it would do to my body. Mm-mm. I'm terrified to find out. I don't want to know. You know, I have, I have no, I, I have no idea what effect it would have on Mm-mm. me Mm-mm. and I don't want to know. Let's just no. say, I don't, don't want to know either. So that's our, that's our COVID update for this week, guys. We're going to talk a little bit about our week, which for me was not really like, as far as my health wise, it wasn't noteworthy. Nothing really big happened. What about you, Nicole? It's been a, a hard couple of weeks and having a real bad flare. So I got sent over to the hospital to get an infusion of solumedrol, um, which is a steroid, thousand milligrams. And so the doctor was like, Hey, you know, you probably, you know, won't sleep and you might be hungrier than normal, but all that has been fine. Um, I, I am probably the only person that gets a steroid infusion and wants to go home and go to bed because I was so tired. It wears me out so much. Um, so I'm hoping that in the next couple of days kicks in and relieves some of these symptoms. It would be nice. I hope it does too. Hugs, hugs through. Hugs, hugs through Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) This is how we talk to one another, guys. Welcome to our weirdness. (laughs) Even though Nicole didn't have that great a week, we do have good news. We do. We have great news. Great news. Our planner is ready, guys. So exciting. Some of you may have, if you're on Facebook at all, you may have seen the ad come through. Kind of a little fun thing. We did kind of do a pre-release with it, but we do now have the hard copy in hand and it's very exciting. Um, and we proofed it and it's ready to go. So, um, we'll share a link to it in the show notes and we are so excited for this guys. Um, we're really hoping it's going to be helpful for you. Uh, it's, it has a daily, tracking of how you feel your water intake. It's got daily exercise tracking. You can track your meals, how your meals make you feel. You can meal plan. You can track your doctor's appointments, what happened at your doctor's appointments, who your doctors are and their information. Blood uh, sugar, blood pressure, blood sugar, blood pressure. Your, oh, the medications you're medications, on. Medications. Yes. When they, when they need to be renewed. Cause I can't keep track of that, which doctor prescribed it. And when you have to take it and how often all the stuff like we need for our, our chronic illness is in this planner. It's a quarterly planner. Um, cause otherwise it'd be like 8,000 pages for us. Um, <laughs> so, and it's a hard copy planner because, you know, it's a lot for us to print out on and, and then bind ourselves. So we made it a hard, like a kind of a, you know, 
it's soft copy, but it's like easy for you to carry around and you can carry it to doctor's appointments and be able to go through. Cause we know brain fog is a really big deal and it's, it's hard for us um, to remember everything. So it's like a really great thing to carry to our doctor's appointments and be able to go through stuff with our doctors. And um, so we're just really excited to share this with you guys and hoping that this is something that can help you manage um, all the things going on with your chronic illness. Um, we're hoping it helps us manage everything going on with our chronic illness. Yes, definitely. Um, because there's just so much, there's so much to manage you guys, and it can be really chaotic. And we, we want to try and find a way to manage the chaos. And it's just something that we keep hearing from all of you. We keep hearing in our Facebook groups and, and we, we were like, you know, everyone just keeps talking about how hard it is. And Nicole and I just sat down and we were like, we got to find a way to, to, to put this all together. And so we did. So take a look at it. We really want some feedback on it. We want to know what we can do to make it better. What, what's missing, what you think could be consolidated, what you think um, needs to be expanded, what should be in there that's not. Just let us know. This is a first, first edition where we, we can always change and make things better for a second edition. You guys, it's, this is it. So we're just so excited. We're so Very excited. excited. Oh it's amazing. Um, yeah, we just, it's been in the works and um, we're super happy. So yeah, you'll see all our celebration posts. It's going to, it's like celebration week. Yes. So exciting. Um, so also to celebrate, we um, have crossed the threshold of 250 downloads, which for a new show for a new podcast is kind of a big deal. We are, we have now set a goal to get 500 downloads. Woohoo! And so when we cross 500 downloads, we're going to give away a custom made chronic spoonful shirt. And I mean, custom made, there's not going to be another one like it ever in the world. It's going to be your custom made shirt, but we got to get there. So what we're going to, we're going to give this away. The only way you're going to get one though, is by signing up for our email list, because otherwise we don't know who you are. to contact because <laughs> you know when you listen or you download we don't get your information like cool you're totally anonymous guys so um we'll we'll give you guys a link to sign up for the email list once you're on our email list we're going to choose someone to get the shirt from there once we hit our 500th download so it's exciting too totally custom very, very exciting oh, it's so exciting so yeah so these are our exciting announcements for this week that's our yes. new and noteworthy if you can't tell i'm bouncing in my seat bouncing <laughs> in my seat bouncing okay um okay not too much bouncing because that hurts my joints all right all right nicole are you bouncing in your seat yes of course always <laughs> <laughs> Always come on. <laughs> okay. well, we're gonna stop bouncing a little bit and we're yes. gonna get to the serious, okay, serious days. Serious face. We're gonna talk about finding a job when you have a chronic illness. Mm. Okay, so we all know like unemployment rates are kind of high and people have lost their jobs. And we're just in this state right now where people are there's a lot of job seekers out there and a lot of you guys listening might be in that, in that group, like trying to get out there, trying to find a job, trying to putting together your resumes and while well, they call it hitting the pavement, but we don't really hit the pavement anymore. We mm-hmm. 
hit the computer. That's right. We hit hit send. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, it's a little bit more difficult when you have a chronic illness to find a job and it's hard. It's a, it's a different type of navigation. So we wanted to talk a little bit about how you navigate this finding a job world with your chronic illness, give some advice. We also encourage you uh, to share your advice in the Facebook group, um, because I'm sure some of you have other advice, other places you've looked, tips and tricks that we aren't going to share on the show. Um, You know, it's really good to share this stuff because people really need support in this area. Very much. Yeah. So we encourage this and, um, anything, any websites we talk about and anything we talk about here, I definitely will be putting in the show notes so you guys can click on those links. So the the first thing with finding a job when you have a chronic illness really is kind of to assess what your capabilities are, right? Nicole, I mean, absolutely. You've got to know what, what you're able to do and what you're not able to do. That was a really hard thing for me this year is when I, when I was not so much when I was diagnosed, but when I started looking for a job, I really had to do a big assessment of what could I do? What could I do? And what, what couldn't I do? Like I used to love to travel, but travel is, is like the last time I flew to Singapore for my job, my body hated me. So looking for a job, I, I can't look for jobs that have travel as part, like a lot of travel as part of them. Cause an airplane is just a big no, no. So like Nicole, you know, for you, you can't work full-time. No, I can't. I haven't been able to work full-time. I've been on disability for quite a while. Um, so I knew that I needed part-time. I knew that I had, when I got my recent job, I've been there for uh, about a year and a half. And I knew I had gotten two job offers and I'm really glad that I got this one first, like the day before I had to make the decision, they offered me the job. And um, the other was at a dispensary. And I really thought originally that's where I wanted to go, but I realized as I didn't take that job, it would be constant standing, constant running around. You're never, you're never just, you have no relaxed time. Um, You're doing this, you're doing that. And my body was not going to be able to handle that. So I have a desk job. I do get up and, you know, get things periodically and fax things and such, but it is so much easier on my body. This is the perfect fit for me. I never thought I would find this. Yeah. I'm, and, and I'm so glad because you and I talk about it all the time. Like this job, it's, it's, it's much better for you. It, it really is. Yeah. And then it's, it's also like, can, are you able to go to an office location or do you, you want to go to an office location or is it better to work from home? Do you need flexible hours? Like for me, I sometimes have to lay down at two o'clock in the afternoon. Cause I just, I, I, my body needs that half an hour to just like recharge a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I get back up and I'm fine. So like working from home is a really big deal for me because yeah. I just need, like, you can't, I can't lay down in an office Mm-mm. Mm-mm. and heaven forbid, like someone walks by your office and sees you with your head down on your desk. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, no, that's, that's just not going to work. So mm-hmm. you have to know if, if, if you need to go to an office location or you want to work virtually, 
So assessing, assessing those things early on, like, can you lift things anymore? Can I, cause like, I can't lift things anymore. Mm -mm. I used to work events where I would be carrying supplies in to set up for events. And I can't do that anymore. I, I can't carry the boxes. I can't lift the boxes up off the floor, you know, putting together, putting together backdrops. It, it's just like, oh, okay. That's just not going to happen. It, it's just like working, you know, 18 hour days for three months that can't happen anymore. Mm -hmm. Or like, maybe you have discovered you're sensitive to certain chemicals. Maybe you developed allergies, maybe you know, you, your vision has changed and you can't, or maybe you can't drive anymore. And that used to be part of your job. So you have to kind of assess what you're able to do before you can start looking for a job because your past jobs may not be indicative of what your new job is going to be. And it can be really hard. I, I just have to put that out there because it can be really hard because you may have developed an entire career in one area, you may have spent your entire life building up a reputation and expertise, skill sets in one area. And now you're like, I can't do that anymore. Mm -mm. Psychologically, that can be very hard to deal with. That can be, it's it just, it can be, it can, in some ways it can be devastating and you have to you have to deal with that and let yourself absorb that and let yourself grieve that a little bit. Absolutely. When you do this, it's um, very hard. I mean, I was a nurse for a long time and I can't work in nursing anymore. You know, I mean, those days are over for me, the constant standing, all the stuff you have to remember, you know, how you have to move with such a quickness. I mean, I can't, and not to mention the bacteria, I'm very immune suppressed. I don't want to be near the bacteria, the viruses. I can't take that risk with my health. So yeah. my entire life had a change. It's really hard. It can be really hard. So, you know, allow yourself to grieve that if it's something you really loved. Just give yourself that chance. And, and that's why you have to do the assessment because you'll start looking for jobs and you'll start realizing, oh, that this is in my wheelhouse. This is in my wheelhouse. And then you'll start going through the list of, of things you have to do and start realizing all of a sudden you can't do them anymore mm -hmm. and it'll start hitting you. Messes so with your self-esteem. Or yeah, at least if you do it beforehand, you have yourself in the right mindset when you start to look, it, it just, it helps a little bit before you start looking. And that, and that's where it brings us to the next step. Mm -hmm. Where do you start? Where do you look for jobs, Nicole? Yeah. When do you start looking for these things? I always looked, you know, like I like uh, Indeed and Simply Hired are two of my favorites and I always post my resume up there. And then, you know, when I do search, I started just typing in for um, like what you were looking for part-time. And then I put like within 25 miles of my home because it gave me so many different options. It wasn't just stuff that I was doing before. So, you know, I was looking for anything like reception or desk work or, you know, something that wasn't going to give me a 50 bullet point um, job description. Cause I know that's just not going to work with my brain fog. Those were the things I was looking for something, you know, that was a little bit more relaxed, something that was more relaxed in my body. I, I think there's a lot of places you can look, um, depending on what you're looking for. If you have a very specific skill set, 
um, if you're like the Liam Neeson, you have a specific skill set and you're going to use it. Uh, <laughs> okay, don't be Liam Neeson. Um, oh no, but, do be him. <laughs> okay. If you if you're able to do that, no. Um, Love the movie. You know, there are specific job sites, but there's like you know you can. There is indeed. There's LinkedIn. There's Simply Hired. There's there's all the main like places you can go to look for jobs and you can narrow down your focus on all of those sites very specifically by, you know, location, salary you want, part-time, full-time. Um, you can try the Department of Human Services. You can try your unemployment offices. They all have jobs listed and, and available um, to try and meet your needs. If you want to find a remote job, um, Indeed has a button on there that says remote. You click that and it'll list all the remote positions. Flex jobs and virtual vocations. Now they both charge a fee, but they have a huge list of virtual jobs. They're all remote. And some of them are remote during the pandemic only. Some of them are partially remote. Some of them are 100% remote, but you can you can also sort there by the different types of positions they are, they're, they're not skill level, like career level, experience level. Uh, and you can also search by, you know, kind of what industry they're in. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to waste your time. Like, I don't, I, I really don't want to look at things that are in the entertainment industry. I'm not interested in that. I, I live in LA. I have zero desire to work in the entertainment industry. And yes, there's a lot of jobs there, but I don't want to work in it. Um, so I, I don't have to look at that, but you could look specifically in communications. You can look specifically in that. So you can expand your horizons a little bit by saying, oh, I might be interested in something in nonprofit. You can look specifically there and it's all remote jobs in nonprofits. Which is great. Yeah. So there's, there's tons of places to find jobs. You just kind of have to expand and not be afraid sometimes to look at smaller job boards because sometimes people don't post on the big job boards and they post on smaller, very specific job boards. And you'd be amazed how you can find jobs that no one's applying for. You can also look at specific companies you might be interested in and apply direct through there career, like if you look on their website, there it might somewhere on their website, say careers or jobs and apply directly through there mm -hmm. because they, those jobs may not be posted on one of the big sites. And then you end up in a smaller pool of people. So I think that helps you a little bit when you get into those smaller pools of people. Very much. So just keep your mind open about where you're looking and just take your time. Again, don't, don't stress yourself out. I know that money is always an issue when you're looking for a job, but just take your time and breathe and, and open your mind to what the possibilities are. That's, that's my big advice here. <laughs> Cause I just threw out like 27 <laughs> places to go look and your, your mind's probably like, oh my gosh, there's so many places she just listed. And then when you get there. We, we need to talk about what do you look for in the job description? And Nicole, you touched on that, right? The things you, you look, or actually you touched on the things you avoid. Yeah. 
Yeah. The things I, the things I look for is again, am I being asked to sit or stand for how long, um, how long are the shifts or, you know, just, uh, is this a nine to five job? Is this a, you know, uh, two days a week, but they're 10 hour shifts. What are they requiring? I can't work 10 hours. That's too much for me. So I wouldn't be interested in that. I want to know how far it is because the sun affects me when I drive. So how far am I having to drive for this job? Um, that's something else I think of. And plus, I don't want to be driving 30 miles in the snow. So I'm not trying to do that either anymore. <laughs> when I was young, it didn't bother me. Now I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm not interested. Um, so I, I just look for what is going to affect my brain fog or what I'm still going to be able to do when I have a little bit of brain fog going on. I need to know what I, I know what I can do physically. I've been sick long enough. I know that. So I, uh, that's another very big thing for me. And then I, I just want to make sure that it's something I can do. I mean, what is the requirements of the job? Are these things with a brain foggy day or when I'm overwhelmed, you know, just because I am sick, is this something I can do and do well? Exactly. And I think that's why at the beginning we say, assess what your capabilities mm -hmm. are, because you're going to look at that job description through that lens of knowing what you're capable of doing. So I also look at it. Am I going to be stressed out doing this job? So I, I'm looking at managerial positions when I'm looking at jobs. So I'm looking at managing a group of people and that, that comes with a certain level of stress and, and also, you know, having to, you know, manage a team, take care of other people, do all, you know, and, and get all the, make sure their tasks are getting done as well as mine. So there's a, there's a level of stress there, but then I'm looking at a job description and seeing what they're saying, are they saying like, you're going to hit the ground running? Oh yeah. No, mm -mm. no that means they're not, there's not going to be any room They're They're not going to give you any room for learning. They're not going to give you any training. Mm -mm. Um, I, I, I don't like when companies say that because basically they're going to expect you to come in and like do something right away. I like when companies have a plan and they give you some time to learn and as my brain fog has gotten worse with the chronic illness, I need time to learn. I need time to like really get in there. I can't hit the ground running anymore. Or, you know, we want you to change the company right away. Yeah. You stressed me out. If I'm stressed out by your job description, your company is going to stress me out. Guys. Big time. Big time. <laughs> Can you imagine how bad the job would be? <laughs> right. Like I can't do it. Like I have to try and keep my stress level even keel. And if, if I'm stressed out about your job description, I don't, I'm not going to apply to your job. Like it's just not going to happen. Even if my skill sets fit your job. So I'm, I'm looking at things like that. And again, I said it earlier, travel is a big deal for me now. It didn't used to be. I used to love to travel. It was one of my favorite things. And now I'm love like, too. Oh, I don't want to travel mm -hmm. anymore. It's too hard on our bodies. Yeah. If I'm going to travel, I want it to be for me. I don't want it to be for someone else. Yeah. And I'm looking at the type of tasks that they're asking. Is there a laundry list of things that I know I'm not going to get done? Are the, are the things they're asking for reasonable? Are they in my skill set? And are, are they not going to be overly taxing for me? Mm -hmm. And, and that's kind of like what I'm looking for in the job description. I, and, and for me though, I'm also like, is there something that I'm going to learn that's new, but isn't going to be like crazy? Yeah. Cause I'm that person, I'm that person, but that's, that's what I'm looking for in a job. So you also have to know what you're looking for in a job. It may be like, 
I don't want to learn anything new. I just want to go in and do a job and get out. And that's also fine, by the way. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with looking for a job that's just a job. There's also nothing wrong with looking for a job that you want to actually turn into a career. And that's also okay with chronic illness. No one should tell you that your chronic illness should hold you back from having a full and fulfilling career. You, if you want a fulfilling career, then a hundred percent go for it. Again, assessing what your capabilities are and giving yourself the, the time and the space to move up to where you need to be. Yeah, That's it's all. very important. And Department of Human Services also has job retraining. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're on disability, you're eligible for that. If you are laid off, I believe it is also, and you can't yeah. get a job and you have a chronic illness too, you are also able to be qualified for that. And, um, they, they sent me, they were going to send me to, uh, to school. They sent me to a couple classes and, you know, I was going to completely change my field, but then I realized I'm never going to be able to work full time. It's just with my illness, the way it is, I will never be able to work full time again. So I feel very blessed to work part time. It gives me something to do. Um, I love my job. I love who I work for, but I'm, I'm very fortunate. I knew I could only do, I couldn't do more than three days a week. Three days a week is extremely taxing on me. So that's the, that's the max I could, I could do. I could never work five days a week. So for me, I I wasn't worried about building a career. I just wanted something part-time that I knew I was capable of doing that I would do a good job at and that I wasn't working five days a week. Exactly. And I'm, I'm the person who, I don't know that I want to necessarily build a career anymore. Um, there was a time when I did, and it mattered to me, it mattered to me to, to grow that way. And that's just when I was younger not wanting to build a career anymore has nothing to do with my chronic illness. It's just where I am. Mm-hmm. It's just where I am. I'm just at a point where I want to be a manager and I want to help other people under me grow. So that's, that's who I am now. Um, I'm, I'm now more like, I want to be in a mentor state. So that's what I'm looking for in jobs. You know, that's what, that's what I look for when I'm, when I'm looking for jobs and, and that's okay. Like I've hit the point, I've hit my managerial point where I'm happy. So I guess you could say I've hit the point and I've grown in my career to the point where I wanted to grow. So if you're at the point in your career where you're, you're not at the point you want to be, you can still grow. Your chronic illness is just a part of who you are. It's just one part of who you are. You have a lot of other parts of who you are. So it like, you can't just let your chronic illness be a hundred percent of you. It's not a hundred percent of you. Definitely. You know, we, when we're talking about looking for a job, we're talking about another part of you. So if you want to grow in a career, you just have to, you have to figure out how you're going to do it with that part of you that has a chronic illness. So it may just take you maybe with your chronic illness, it just may take you a little bit longer. You can't compare yourself to someone else. You just can't. Like if you start comparing yourself to other people, you're going to hold yourself back. This is your path. This is your journey. So the only person you need to compare yourself to is yourself. The only person you need to set a goal for is you. That's right. So when you're looking at a job description and you're on your career path, the only thing you need to be looking for in that job description is what it's going to do for you on your career path. Is it your next step? Or is it, is it the step you want to be on 
that's what you're looking for. If you're the person that just wants a job for a job, then look, that's what you need to look for in the job description. It's all you. It's all about what you want, what you need. But it's also about assessing what your capabilities are and making sure you can do that job. So that's what you're looking for when you're looking in the job description. And then you get the fun, fun part of the next task, which is writing your resume and cover letter. It's my favorite part. (laughs) And I say that with a forced smile on my face. But Nicole, you have, you have some good advice here about looking for templates. Yeah. Um, I use CV connect it's free and that's where I did my last resume and it was actually, I got a lot of compliments on it. I also go and I Google, um, examples of resumes for the types of jobs I'm looking for and the jobs I've had in the past. And I do a lot of copying and pasting and I've gotten so many compliments on my resume. It wasn't very hard to put together at all. I had somebody else write up my, I had a friend of mine write up my, um, cover letter and I've used the same, I've, I've, you know, altered it a couple of times, obviously, but I've used the same format and it's, I get a lot of compliments on that too, which is great. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of templates out there. You use CV connect. I've used some templates out of, out of word. I've used some templates out of what is the one in, in Apple? I don't know. What is that one? I don't know. I that no, because yeah, maybe it's notes. note. Microsoft has some great ones though. Yeah, they have some great ones. Uh, there's some in, in Canva you can use. There are, there's so many templates out there, but I think, and then I've also, I've, I, I do the same as you. I Google jobs that um, are similar to what I've done to get samples of language that I can use. Cause that's the hard part is like, trying to describe your job is really hard oh, sometimes. It's terribly hard. And then also the muse has a really good list of action words to use. It's really good. So you can like go and, and find to say, you know, you know, instead of saying I manage, you know, managed blah, 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 blah. It would be like, I spearheaded this. <laughs> like it, it's just it gives you really good action words to use for, for the things you've done. And so you're not using the same boring words over and over and over, over and over and over Mm -hmm. again. Um, so they have a really good list there. I like the muse a lot. Also, they have a really good job board. If you're, if you mostly technology stuff. So you just, but the templates that are already done, it's so nice because it's kind of just plug and play, which is so easy, so easy, but that's for resumes. Now I'm going to give you guys kind of a little hint here, please send a cover letter with all of your resumes and please make it a customized cover letter for every job you apply for. If, if, if you're applying for a professional job and let me like, and let me explain that. Like if if you're going to the mall and you're filling out applications, that's totally different than what we're talking about. But if you're applying for a professional job that requires you to give a resume, give a cover letter. I, I, I've, I've done enough HR work. I am wholeheartedly annoyed that there is not a cover letter. And I read every co- I've read every cover letter that's ever come in and I have rejected every re- person who's applied without a cover letter. I, I don't like it I, because in every job description I've put up for people I've hired, I say, I need a resume and cover letter for this job. 
And the reason I do that is because I need your cover letter to tell me why you want the job. Why do you want this job? Your resume tells you, tells the person what you've done, right? All your skill sets, what you've done. Your cover letter tells the person why you want that job. And I know that's a, it's an, it's extra effort and it's like, ugh, I hate it. And I hate it because I customize both my resume and cover letter to every job I apply for. I have hundreds on my computer, but that cover letter tells them, this is why I want this job. This is why I'd be good for the job. You're making that sales pitch for that job. It, it really does make a difference sometimes between you and someone else. And, and we, I, I have actually hired people that have had amazing cover letters. Do do a cover letter. And, and, and if you see, ever see like where the, you're like on a site and it only has a place for a resume, upload a PDF that has the resume and cover letter. It will set you apart from other people, 100%. Yeah, I've always included a cover letter, no matter what the job I was going for. I wanted it to look very professional. Yeah, it, it does end up looking much more professional and your cover letter should match the template of the resume and it should be an actual letter, not two sentences. Mm-hmm. You, you can get sample cover letters, um, again, from like the, the template sites. There's usually some sample cover letters there and just follow the, the sample templates. And once you kind of get into the rhythm of it, I find it really hard to sell myself you get into the rhythm of what you do, what you have to write. Yeah. And there's lots of examples out there in case you get stuck. And there's also places you can go. You can Google in your area, um, community centers, things like that, that will help you write a cover letter. If you don't have a computer, you can use their computer. So, you know, do Google that. We have one from where I live, maybe 15 minutes away, and they're a huge resource center. You can come in and they'll teach you classes on like Excel, because I'm not good with Excel. I didn't really need that nursing. Um, I just know, I don't know anything about Excel. I know, Um, I keep trying to teach you. I know, I'm an Excel. Excel idiot. I truly am. I admit that. <laughs> um, but you know what's sad is my niece had to help me when she was like 11. I'm like, how do I do that? She's like, auntie, I've been doing that since I was six. And I'm like, God, help us all. So yeah, that's sad. You know, when she was very young that she was teaching me <laughs> stuff I should have known. <laughs> But that's like everything with her. She's always teaching me something because she's so much smarter than I am. <laughs> smarter than a lot of us. She really is. About? She's a genius. It's amazing. I'm like, I wish I had half of her brain. Um, so, you know, there's resource centers. There's, you know, places like that. Ask some friends. Yeah. Also, I've seen libraries offer that also. Yeah. So make sure you check in the library for any career advancement, for any help with resumes, you know, any help with computer systems. There are plenty of people out there that can help you. And most of it is at no cost. Right. And then, but also if you have, if you have the money, there are, there are really good resume writing um, companies out there that can help you write your resume. They, they will do that. And just make sure you use someone reputable. I once went to a resume company and they told me to dumb down my resume. They said, I, my resume looked like I was overqualified and I'm like, uh, I'm applying for managerial positions. I should look qualified. Right. They told me to change my job title from director to manager. No. I was like, ah, no, I earned that directorship. I fought That's hard right. for that directorship. I am not dumbing down my resume. Mm-mm. And you're talking to like a type A overachiever. There was no way I was dumbing down anything. Yeah. So needless to say, that did not happen. So now I, so just make sure you're using reputable. If you're any, anywhere you're going, make sure you're using reputable people. 
take some things with a grain of salt, but yeah, there's plenty of people out there willing to help you write your resumes. Um, some paid, some free, ask for help. Cause the resume and cover letter are just two of the like hardest things. And I'm just going to say worst things you have to do. So true. <laughs> so true. And then the next most stressful thing would be when you get your interview. Most definitely. So, so stressful. <laughs> now it's, you know, I always say like practice beforehand, what you're going to say, try to think of questions that the interviewer is going to ask you, look at your resume, try, you know, look at the job description, put yourself in the, in the, in the interviewer's shoes and, you know, go through some of what you think they might want to know about you. Cause that's a lot of what I do. Like I, I kind of role play a little bit with myself of like, okay, what do I think they're going to ask? How do I want to explain this? How do I want to say this? And I do a lot of like self-practice out loud, not just in my head. Like I basically talk to myself for a little while. Uh, That's nothing new. <laughs> okay, fine. Right. Sorry. <laughs> talk to myself a lot, but I, I do, I do that. I Google too. You know, you can Google what are the most popular interviewing questions right now and answers. And that really helped me on a lot of my interviews. And also research the company where you're applying. Yes. That's a big, big deal. I, I never liked when I interview people and they had no clue what we did. They come in and they were like, they basically looked at the front page. They, they basically knew the, the organization, but they didn't actually know anything about the organization. Like they never went past like the front page of the website. It, it, that really bothered me. Like, why are you applying here? Why, what do you want to do here? Like, what's the point of you being here? And they, they, so they re- had a real hard time answering our questions and they, Basically, they ended up never getting hired because the people who really wanted to be there, like, were very passionate about things or could answer deep questions about what they could do for the organization or what they could do for the company. They, they knew the skills they had to highlight to get the job done. So do research on the company that you're applying to. Mm-hmm. And not just their website, like Google them. Yes. You know, basically stalk them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's important. And if you know the names of the people interviewing you, stalk them too. Yeah. Kind of get a feel for them, get get a feel for who they are. And it, it will help you on the interview so much. Most now, definitely. if you stalk them, don't be like, oh, I saw you went sailing two weeks ago. <laughs> don't do that. No, don't do that. Don't tell them you stalk their Instagram Mm-mm. or Facebook or anything or LinkedIn else. or anything. Mm-mm. Please don't do that. No, <laughs> you will not get the job. No, <laughs> they may call the police. <laughs> you may get a restraining order. <laughs> yes, please don't do that. That's not going to happen. But it gives you kind of a, an idea of their temperament, their personality, and and kind of helps you with that. So I I will say just just do some research before you go into your interview. But then when you do get into the interview and kind of when you write your resume, don't feel you have to disclose, actually don't disclose your chronic illness. You don't have to tell anybody you have a chronic illness. You should not tell anybody you have a chronic illness. Legally, 
it's none of the, it's none ya. That's right. Honey. That's it's right. None of none your business. of their business. That is, it is not their business. You don't have to put it on your resume. You don't have to tell them in the interview. If they ask you directly, if you have a chronic illness, you don't have to tell them. You mm-hmm. do not have to answer that question. And you can say, I don't have to answer that question. Mm-hmm. That is not a legal question for them to ask you in the interview. Mm-mm. And you can say that that's not a legal question for you to ask me during the interview. That's how you respond. Just like they can't ask your religion. They can't ask your age. There's a whole bunch of legal questions they can't ask you. And if you're not sure what they are, you can Google them. Yeah, there's because it, it's all part of like a non-discrimination act. And yeah, there's a whole list of legal questions that people have to avoid in interviews that they violate all the time, by the way. Mm-hmm. So true. Because people aren't aware of what they can and don't have to answer. And they find they try to find ways around them. So and they don't always do it on purpose, by the way. And I'm, I shouldn't be so accusatory. Like people don't know sometimes that they're asking a, an illegal question because they'll be like, oh, when did you graduate? Oh, you went to such and such high school. When did you graduate? Yeah. Because like my cousin went there or something, you know? Yeah. I just say, oh, a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. They don't realize that that is technically not a legal question, but they're not actually asking it to find out your age. They're asking it because they're curious about whether or not they know someone who knows you, right. but technically they can't ask you that question in an interview. No, it's, it, I, I had to do so. I had to do interview training for a lot of people in my the offices that I have worked in over time, and these were things that we would have to discuss. And people think that the only question that's illegal is to directly ask Nicole, "How old are you? Yeah. When were you born?" Like they think that it has to be a very direct age question, but it's not. It Mm-mm. it it can be a very indirect question. Mm-hmm people will find, can find a way around trying to ask about your chronic illness. And one of the ways they do that are gaps on a resume. Oh, I see. Like, and and especially if you're someone who's had gaps due to disability, people will ask about your gaps. You do not have to disclose that you have gaps on your resume due to a disability. Now you'll find plenty of advice on Google about being honest about disability. Now, most of those, most of that advice is for someone who had short-term disability and they are fully recovered and fine. Like they got in a car accident and now they're okay. Well, great. But if you have a chronic illness that's recurring, that's going to be more difficult. And if you tell them something like Nicole, you tell your, your boss, I have lupus, Mm -hmm. but I'm okay now. So I can work. Well, anyone who looks up lupus knows that it is not one of those that you're just, no. there's no cause or no cure. They're going to know. And if you think, and now mind you, the law says that they can't discriminate against Nicole. But we know they do. But if you think that they're going to compare two candidates, Nicole and another candidate, and the other candidate doesn't have lupus and they're very similar, of course, they're going to pick the other candidate. Mm -hmm. And I'm just being honest here. And I'm being honest here. And I am not, I am not giving legal advice. And so I'm just putting out there that I'm not giving legal advice but I'm being really brutally honest that I would rather just not disclose what those gaps were about. Now I have on my resume that I do freelance writing and I'm always working on something. So if I have gaps on my resume, I'm always working. I'm not on disability. So it's like gaps on my resume are different. Very. Um, 
but I'm always working. So for me, any gaps in my resume, I have work. Some people always have volunteer work. So they yeah. take time off for that, or they take time off. If you take a class, you take time off for professional um, development. Development. Mm-hmm. If you take time off at volunteer work, you take time off to care for an elderly family member. I find it rude to ask people about their gaps because there's all there. People take time off for a lot of different reasons. And I think that that's a personal thing for them. I've never asked about people's gaps on their resume. I find that it's, it's a personal thing and it should always be a personal thing. I, I don't think that that's my business, but some people dig into that. They do. I have, I've heard, uh, employers say, you know, oh, that makes someone look, you know, irresponsible. They can't keep a job. And I'm like, but you don't know why they were off. It's not because they were job jumping or, you know, going, you know, every six months on a vacation and they just didn't want to work a full-time job or a part-time job, whatever. It's not like that. Like you said, there are so many reasons why you may have had to take off a year or two, three years. You don't know. You could have taken care of a sick parent, a sick child, you know, there could have been numerous things. So you're right. I think it's a rude question too. Yeah. I just, I don't like to ask about it. There was a time period where I was changing jobs every two years for various reasons. And I had an employer ask about it. And I, so first of all, I go into an interview realizing that yes, I'm being interviewed, but I'm interviewing the company too. I'm trying to determine if I want to work there. So I don't go into an interview thinking just thinking that I'm being judged. I'm also the judge too. Like we're both judges. I, and I know that sometimes we're desperate for money. I, I, I'm really not, I just have a different perspective on interviews. So I go in and he was, he looks at my resume. He's like, you know, you only work places for like, I'm, I'm looking at this and like, you've changed jobs like every two years. What makes me think you're going to stay here and be committed to this? And I just looked him right in the face. And I said, if you look back, the longest job I've had was almost eight years. I said, when I find a job I like, and I find a place that I fit in and really speaks to my soul, I stay, I'm looking for a job that's going to last a lifetime. If this is a job that you tell me that we're going to work together and it's going to speak to my heart, then yeah, I'm going to stay. And it's going to be a lifetime job. And it turns out I stayed there 10 years. I mean, he he didn't know what to say after that. It was it like I was ready. This was a guy who used to interview while he held a baseball bat. So I (laughs) used to intimidate people. Um, He was told after a while he couldn't hold the baseball bat anymore. (laughs) I would hope so. (laughs) I just I I don't get intimidated in interviews because I'm looking for them to also appease me. It's a hard skill to learn. And I had to, I had to learn it over time. When I first started interviewing early on in my career, I gave horrible answers to things. I was so scared to interview with people. Um, and I started researching interviews and I started like, that's what I said. I started practicing interview skills, just practicing how I would answer things. I just did. I researched, practiced, researched, practiced. And slowly got more confident. And also age does it too. I agree. I am too old to play around with your crazy BS. And people, you guys will play with your heads in interviews. Very much so. I have numerous conversations with my fellow staff members 
about how they interviewed people. I had staff members who would walk in interviews and be like, um, there's two spelling errors on your resume. Can you explain that? That's ridiculous. How, how do we, you say you have, you, you say that um, on your resume, it says attention to detail, but I see that like, this isn't aligned properly. Mm-hmm. It, it drove me crazy. And I pulled them out and I'm like, they are not applying for like a graphic designer administrative job. They are applying for a development job. You need to stop that. Yeah. Like I would literally just be so angry because it, the, their whole purpose was to completely intimidate the candidate. I'm like you are not making them want to work here. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You could be losing a great person. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you are a nice person on a daily basis. Why, why do you want them to think you're a jerk? Yeah. It's not the way you want to draw someone to this company. No, no. So you know, I, people are, one of the things that's lacking in most companies is teaching people interview skills from both sides. Um, Absolutely. It's so horrible. Um, So you guys just be aware, like the insider tip, most people don't know how to interview you. (laughs) They really don't. (laughs) Don't think you're going into interviews and these people know all be all. So just know that you don't have to disclose that you had a disability when it's your gaps. It's, it's just not their business. And you just need to try and kind of point out your skill sets, point out what you're really good at, make sure that they know that you're going to be great at this job and kind of steer them away from it. The gaps don't matter. What matters is that you're going to be able to come in and do a good job for the company. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gaps are, are just a non-issue and, and that's how you deal with the, the interview. So the, these are, these are just the things that I think you, you really need to consider when you're looking for a job and with a, with a chronic illness, there are challenges. These are challenges, you guys. Very um, big challenges. Yeah. And it really hits hard on your esteem too. Don't you think? Like, I mean, I feel like when I interviewed before I was sick, I was so much more confident. And as I, as the years went on and I was sick and I realized, okay, you know what? I'm never going to have a career again. Like in the sense of, you know, Mm -hmm. like, okay, this was my dream. I'm going to go for this. I can, I can even take, you know, I can either get further educated in it and everything else. But I knew that part of my life was over and I was relatively young. So that was really, really hard. And when I would go in an interview, I, I kind of felt, I would go in and feel like it doesn't really matter, you know, because I just kind of felt like, I don't know if it was like a failure or just my self-esteem took such a hit because of everything I had dealt with. I just didn't, I, it was, it was a nerve wracking experience. And it is a nerve wracking experience. Um, I'm not going to say I go into interviews like super confident. So let me be real. Like I'm so nervous when I have an interview. I just, I'm less nervous than I was when I was 25, Yeah, but now it's like my interviews are different. I'm interviewing in a different way and I'm interviewing for different things with a chronic illness. I'm looking for different things from a company. Like I'm looking for more empathy in a company. I'm looking for more patience in a company. I think, yeah, how I, how I, how I approach my interview is very different now than before the illness really started taking hold. I think, and, and how I look at companies that I'm applying to is different than before the illness took hold. 
yeah, looking for jobs with a chronic illness is a very different world to navigate than looking for jobs when I didn't have a chronic illness. Yeah, definitely. I think I, you know, you could apply for more jobs. You could look at more jobs. You could look more broadly. You could, um, you don't have to worry about as much. Like I can tell you right now, here's, here's something world travel with a chronic illness. You're going to go to, I think it's Singapore, Singapore. Okay. So you know how we divide our pills into, um, pill containers and we have them all nice and organized so we can take them on a daily basis and it's all beautiful with in Singapore. I think it's Singapore or is it Abu Dhabi? I can't remember which one it was that I traveled to, but you have to bring your pills with the prescription containers because if they search your bags, they have to know that it's an actual prescription because there's so many drugs that are illegal in the country. And you'd be surprised at which drugs are illegal to bring into the country. There's a whole legal list of them. And because of that, some of the drugs, you have to actually show that you have an actual prescription for those particular drugs. I get it, but it's nuts. It's just really crazy. It's crazy. And like, so you think about that. So now you get a job that you have to do international travel and you're looking at it like, okay, now I have to go through this whole rigmarole to do this international travel with this chronic illness. And I take 72 drugs and blah, blah, blah. Like it's different. There's airports you have to run through. And sometimes you're like, you're literally running through them. There's it, it, it's very different. It's, and then you have to worry about, is there a hospital where if I needed treatment, am I going to be close enough to that? Is it a good hospital? Will they know how to deal with my condition? Cause not right. all hospitals are good. Right. Like, okay. Could never go into the Peace Corps. Cause no. I can't go work in some like random country somewhere. Can I. I need, I need to go to a hospital sometime to deal with my heart condition. I, and I'm throwing that out. I don't actually need to go to a hospital to deal with my heart condition. But what I'm saying is it's, you have to think about these things now that you never had to think about before right? When you were healthy, you have to consider these things that you never had to consider before when you were healthy, when you're looking for jobs, you know, the difference between looking at a startup versus an established company, you look at a startup and you're like, they could never afford the costs of giving me the type of equipment, the adaptive equipment I need to do the job, even sitting at a desk. Mm-hmm. or insurance. They're not going to give, they don't have the money to offer, right. You know, they may give you a stipend or something, but you know, like for me, if I was working full-time, that was what I, even before I was sick, I needed short and long-term disability, not an option. I knew that's something I always wanted and always would have. Um, I want to be with a major company. You know, what are the prices I'm going to have to pay? What is my premium? You know, mm-hmm. stuff like that was important because you don't know if you're going to get sick or not, and you don't know what's going to happen to you. Exactly. So like, it just, it changes and it's a different, so it's, it's different looking for a job with a chronic illness than it is looking for a job when you're healthy. Is it, is it totally awful and terrible? Sometimes (laughs) I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Definitely. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it feels like the same rigor morale when you weren't ill at all, because you know what? You go through the same things. You get the rejections from your resume, just like you did when you were healthy. Mm-hmm. Like you never even get to the interview point. <laughs> okay. 
Sometimes you have the same problems. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you feel like an. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. But it was right there. It was, you just had to take it. <laughs> uh, but sometimes, you know, it's just, you, you got to take, you got to, you got to roll with the punches on this one, guys. And looking for a job, whether you're healthy or you have a chronic illness, is hard. Either way, it's hard, guys. And you got to just take it all with a grain of salt, roll with the punches. Do the best you can. Keep going. Just keep going. Keep going. Don't give up. No, there is something, you know, before I got the job that I have now, I didn't think there was anything that was going to be a perfect fit. I was very discouraged. I made, I made a lot of bad choices by, I accepted jobs. I knew I shouldn't have taken. I accepted jobs. I, I really had a bad feeling about because I was so afraid that I would never, nobody would ever want me. So, and you know what, I wish I wouldn't have done that, but it's so perfectly came together with this job. I was, my boss told me that on the day I applied, I was the hundredth person to apply for that job within a couple hours. And I called and I introduced myself. I always try to be pretty aggressive. And I, you know, I said, Hey, could I come in for an interview? Would you be willing to meet with me? I have this experience. This is my background. And they really liked that. And they interviewed me two days later and I was hired. And if I wasn't aggressive at that point, I wouldn't have got the job. So it was, and it's so great because I work like a half a mile from my house. It's like the whole thing about it is perfect. Like I'm just, I'm thrilled, but I never thought that would be an opportunity for me. I never thought something like this would happen. So please don't give up. There's something out there. There is you guys, there's, there's, there's something out there for everyone. It just, it can get discouraging. It can get hard. Just don't give up. Don't, and don't, don't close off your options. Mm-mm. Keep your mind open. That's the other thing. Like don't, you never know when the weird opportunity is going to come up. You don't, you just don't, um, you don't know which way the wind's going to blow and take you just keep your mind open, keep your options open um, network where you can. Mm-hmm. I hate networking. So that's hard for me to say, but network where you can. Yes. Um, and you know, try to stay up and try to stay positive, you know, like last week's episode in it's enjoy the journey. This one's hard to enjoy. <laughs> it so is. <laughs> but try, try, but, um, try to stay up on the journey as yeah. best you can, Yeah. you know, and, and in between applying for jobs, find So I find what I do is like you apply for jobs and then you do something fun. Give yourself some sort of treat. I don't care if it's watching a fun movie, reading a fun book, make yourself like something fun to eat, yeah. go for a fun walk. Just do something that's like joyful because, you know, you just want to bring yourself up a little bit. So just... Find your joy in life somewhere while you're looking. So that's what we have for today, guys. Good luck for any of you looking for jobs. Um, For any of you not looking for jobs, save the episode for whenever you guys. (laughs) And uh, you guys check out the planner. um, Take a look at it. Follow the link. Take a look at it. Let us know what you think. Um, Buy it. Just Please. <laughs> uh, and um, 
definitely download the episodes. Encourage your friends and family to download the episodes because we want someone to get that t-shirt. Yes. And uh, we'll chat more next week, guys. Have a good week. Yes. Have a great week, guys. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.